0: You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio. brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com.
2: All right, welcome back to the NFL Combine and the Nortown Automotive Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones back at our Amherst studios, ready to rock and roll here. It's my final day at the Combine. Uh, I'll be headed back to Buffalo later today, but still a lot of work to get done here. And I just posted a video a little while ago. At you. Uh, if you want to go check it out on Twitter, slash X at Sal Sports, Instagram as well. Uh, a little behind-the-scenes look here at the NFL Combine, Zach, which is there's two distinct parts of this room on the... Combine floor, I guess you'd call it, and the convention center it's a, so just to give everybody an idea it's a convention center right I mean there's a lot of different conventions going on. this is one of them, and when you walk into this room, you have a media area and then a big curtain, and then the podium area it's kind of cool it's this like separation of two worlds. you ever watch Game of Thrones it 's like that big wall
3: <laughs> you know what I mean Sal you don't know this about me, but I actually know too much about Game of Thrones that you <laughs> said the wall and yeah, that makes sense that works. I like it.
2: It's two worlds, right? You have the you have mm-hmm. the you have the cement floor of the media and the tables and everybody kind of grinding away at their radio shows and TV and all their social media stuff, and then you have this curtain and you walk over check out the video folks you'll see exactly what i'm talking about and then the curtain then it's a nice carpeted floor with all these nice podiums and then you got CBS Sports and NBC Sports and Sirius Radio and the national networks and all the different media walks over here to hear the players and the head coaches and the GMs talk so it's a it's quite a bit of a setup now it has changed over the years but um it's a really really interesting setup here and um we are now hearing from prospects so we've kind of transitioned over the last couple of days Zach from Head coaches and GMs to prospects, and everybody is kind of listening in on, you know, who did you meet with, and then there's some background stories you get into. So today, defensive backs are talking, defensive linemen and linebackers will be testing later today. So defensive backs are talking right now. This is an area where we talked a little bit about yesterday. You can never have enough defensive backs, but I don't think the bills are in the market for one early in the draft as much as they always could. They should never be counted out for one early in the draft, I guess
3: yeah n- never count them out, but i I find it fascinating too it It does feel like we're going to hear from a lot of safeties wide receivers, defensive tackles, and I would be surprised if not all of them say that they're meeting with the bills so they've had a right. formal meeting with the bills like those three positions really do feel like the main positions they may draft multiple wide receivers they could draft multiple defensive tackles. Uh, so that's what I'm expecting to hear from today, especially with defensive backs now talking. I think uh, Bullock out of Georgia already said he had a formal meeting with the Bills, yep. so it's it's already starting, and it's it's not too surprising, which is good.
2: It's funny you call it. That's right. They're called. They're called the formal meetings. And when you hear it, I'm thinking, why is it formal? You're wearing a tux. Like what's what's going on? No, they're the formal meetings. They're the ones that count, and they only have a certain amount of time to meet with these prospects. It's a very you know very um, buttoned up. Kind of rigid prospect process, I guess, and you know it's very uh, well put together. And everybody has their own times and meetings, and they meet in different rooms around the convention center or Lucas Oil Stadium. And then the testing goes on as well. Yes, that's the formal meetings. I say to people like, "Oh, what are you doing this week?" They're like, "I'm in the formal meetings." Could be a scout, a trainer, or something like that. You know, because you want to talk, touch on the medical. You want to touch on, you know, what they did in college, and then obviously pick their brain, life, things like that. All those kinds of things go into these meetings. All right, so. Why don't just set you up for today? You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show, brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at northtownauto.com. Sal Capaccio here in Indianapolis. Zach Jones back in our Amherst studios here on the Extra Point Show. We have already, I've caught up with a few people already today, so you're going to hear from during this show over the next couple hours, Charles Davis from CBS Sports. Charles, kind enough to give me some time before he went on his show on Sirius XM. Going to hear from him about the Bills, about the Combine, the NFL, and just his uh, view of where the Bills are right now and, you know, is the window closing? I asked him that question specifically, so we'll get to him a little bit later. Also caught up with Paul Dottino. Paul covers the New York Giants. He has for many years, over 40 years. And if you, that name rings a bell, he actually filled in as Bill's play-by-play guy a couple of years ago when uh, John Murphy was out with COVID one week in, at the New York Jets. If you, don't, if you remember, Paul filled in as the play-by-play voice of the Bill, so he follows the Bills. He understands them. And also, obviously, talking about the Giants and the NFC East, he's on WFAN, our sister station in New York as well, so caught up with Paul Dottino. And then Arthur Motes, former Buffalo Bills linebacker, he's now doing media in Pittsburgh, and Arthur's always great to catch up to. So how about that? We already have a few people, and we're going to have more as we go along here over the next couple of hours. All right, on defensive backs. So yesterday, you and I talked a lot about Tredavious White. We talked about Micah Hyde. We talked about Jordan Poyer. How about the back end of the defensive back group? Because I think, Zach, the other thing that the Bills have to answer about it is Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam's a big question mark, and it's two years now. He hasn't been able to really get on the field. This is he's As of now, he's a first-round bust. I think we could pretty much label him as that in the sense of the word. Now, I'm not telling you he hasn't made some plays. I know he has, but you need your first-round player, first-round prospect, to be able to play better than he has and get on the field. I am still holding out hope, though, and optimism that maybe that happens, and I think the Bills are. I think the Bills still believe that Kyrie Elam can help them, and I think that's one of the big questions that they're going to have to wrestle with and answer as they go forward here through the offseason.
3: And and it's a shame, too, because I, I think it is appropriate now to label him, at least going forward, potentially a bust. But like he had flashes in his rookie year. He looked very good. It felt like you had two really stable pieces at your cornerback position who were rookies in him and then Christian Benford. And then going into year two, it was, you know, starting in training camp. Like, he's really not getting starting reps. He's not, you know, separating himself from the pack. And then the season started, and there were a lot of games where he was just, just not even on the field. And it's a shame. I, I know there was a lot of talk, too, and we're, and we're talking about the formal meetings. The Bill's behind-the-scenes look when, you know, yep, Elon you was at that. his meeting, yep. and, and he had the notebook, and he kind of it felt like he was, like, the perfect Sean McDermott cornerback prospect, takes a ton of notes, clearly is coachable, like, the whole thing. And it just it I don't want to say it never got off the ground because it it did, and then year two it just it never seemed to 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 get right, and now we're sitting here really wondering like is this the true first first round miss by this McD, uh, McDermott Bean era? Because I mean you could talk Cody Ford was a miss, he was a second round pick, like Elam was the first guy in the first round where it it really does feel like a swing and a
2: miss. You can always give us a call here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show, and when we do it, take your call. It is getting connected with our fans. Also brought to you by Northtown Kia. Western New York's number one Kia dealer shop online at Northtownkia.com. 803-0550 if you want to jump on board. We can take your call about anything dealing with the Bills or whatever's on your mind. The NFL, prospects. Kyer Elam coming to mind when I look at the DBs. They're talking today where the Bills might go with DB. We talked to Davies White yesterday. Really interesting situation with his contract and how they're going to handle that. His recovery from injury. And then I go down the list. And there's Dane Jackson standing out with, um, you know, I, color-coded on my roster. I, I posted my roster at, uh, on my social media that, you know, the Bills, they're free agents and pending free agents. And there's Dane Jackson colored in blue. He's a pending free agent. I am all for the Bills bringing Dane Jackson back. Now, I'm not all for giving him, you know, super big contract. You don't have to do that. I don't think it's going to cost a ton. I think he's more than a vet minimum guy. I'll be honest with you. I think a team's going to say that's a guy we might be able to start on our team. He reminds me a lot of Levi Wallace a couple of years ago, right Levi Wallace didn't get the minimum. He played he, I think he went for like uh like some three to four million a year in 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 Pittsburgh. Now maybe he didn't live up to necessarily even that, but you're not going to get a guy like Dane Jackson, I think, for the vet minimum. So the Bills may have to spend a little bit to bring him back, but I have no issue whatsoever, as long as they don't go overboard with bringing Dane Jackson back to be a part of this mix again.
3: I'd be a little surprised if they didn't bring back Dane Jackson. And Sal, only because, I mean, you just mentioned Levi Wallace as well, but I think you brought this up earlier this week with the afternoon guys, that they wanted to bring back Wallace, but it was everything surrounding the J.D. McKissick Deal falling yep. through that caused him to lose him. I and and we know how much that that stuck in the craw of Brandon Bean. He was v- he was very upset about talking yep. about McKissick. I'd imagine it was also because he lost out on Levi Wallace. And so I would be surprised if they let Dane Jackson go. He's been so good in spot roles. I still remember. I think it was his rookie year. Ultimately, winds up being the DeAndre Hopkins hell Mary game. But he did so so good filling in relief covering Hopkins for most of that game. And really, since then, he's not going to you know, blow you away with his athletic ability, but he seems to almost be like that perfect cornerback for the system of he just gets the job done. Will there be moments where he gets burned? Sure, absolutely. That happens to the best of them. But he does do his job really well, and you always want to have depth at that position, especially when Kyrie Elam is such a question mark right now.
2: Yeah, and that's a really good point you bring up about depth. I think what happens a lot of times, Zach, is you know, fans look at the top end of the roster. Well, this guy's not playing, so don't worry. You know, don't bring him back. Well, he might have to play. Did you see all the injuries last year? Exactly. You know what Bills, I mean? like Bills
3: fans over the last <laughs>
2: two years should absolutely know, like, no,
3: no, we need depth. Like, the depth becomes very important.
2: Exactly right. And, and just because a guy's not a starter, just because he's not a regular player, doesn't mean he's not important to the team. At some point, he might have to play. Because if it's not him, it's going to be someone else. And would you rather have a guy who has been in the system, understands it, he started for you, or a guy that you just kind of have to bring in off the practice squad, a guy that's, you know, out there that doesn't have a job. There these these players are important to a roster. And I always say this. This is my annual reminder. I will say this many times between now and through the off season, okay? Folks, there's 90 players on the roster in the off season, not 53. There's 90 players. So when you see that the Bills sign some guy, that you never heard of or hasn't panned out somewhere or, you know, has been largely thought of a bust and, you know, something like that. Or you see a guy they re-sign who really hasn't played much and what has he done? It's okay. They have 90 players they're going to sign. So keep an open mind about some of these things. And I say on Dane Jackson, keep an open mind because whether it's Dane Jackson or if they don't re-sign Dane Jackson, you know who they're going to get, Zach? Someone pretty much just like dane jackson so why not exactly get your guy who's actually started for you and knows your system exactly we we talked about that with with uh coaching staffs earlier this week that like
3: you bring back the guys you know the guys you know you can work with that's the name of the game here because it you know it's million dollar jobs you want to make sure you can work with these people you want to make sure guys that are playing your system know how to play your system and so yeah like you're right if it's not dane jackson it's going to be Dane Jackson light. I mean, it, it is. Or maybe That's it's going exactly to be another right. fifth, sixth-round rookie. It, but ultimately, it's going to be someone very similar.
2: It's funny It's funny you say fifth or sixth-round rookie because even though I say they're not in the market like to probably draft one early, we're pretty sure they'll draft a the DB somewhere. They always draft DBs because of the reasons we just said. You have to draft DBs every year. You have, You never know what's going to happen. But you look down even the roster. You know, last year I talked a lot about how high I was on Jamarcus Ingram. I give Jamarcus Ingram a shot to make this team this year. Now, that's when I say it right now in February. By the way, happy Leap Day, everybody. It's February 29th. Only once every four years this day comes around. But as I stand here on Leap Day, February 29th, and say, I'm looking at the roster, I think Jamarcus Ingram has a shot. Maybe you'll get to training camp and there's too many bodies ahead of him. But I'm a, I'm a Jamarcus Ingram guy. I think that you know, guys like that can help you a little bit. They re-signed him. They re-signed Kyron Brown, by the way, to future reserve deals. But those guys are coming back on the roster. And I I think you always have to give guys like that a shot. I wouldn't be surprised. And the Bills are going to have to find cheaper labor in some way, whether it's a six-round pick. Remember last year what happened? Do you remember what happened with Alex Austin last year? They drafted this kid, Alex Austin. He did not make the roster. Well, he wound up getting claimed – by I can't remember who, but then he wound himself, found himself on the Patriots and intercepted Josh Allen. They literally drafted a player, the Bills, this past draft at DB, who wound up starting and intercepting Josh Allen for another team.
3: That's right. I you said you remember having Alex Austin. I'm like I'm like he didn't make the team, but now now you said that. Right? That's right. That's right. Oh man. I mean, but yeah. So, you, so, yeah. so you always have to remember
2: that these guys you take late in the draft. Like, they're, they're, they might be good enough to make other rosters as well. So it's a, it's a balancing game on how you want to treat it. But don't discount some of these players at the end of the draft because, again, what happens is you have injuries and they can go wind up playing. Remember Rashad Wild Goose? Mm-hmm. Rashad Wild Goose never made the team. You know what happened? He got claimed by the New York Jets right after that. What a name. What a name. Oh, they, sh- they should have kept him just for that sale. Just for that. Just for the name. Oh. No, I don't disagree. I think he got claimed by the Jets. He played with the Jets. Did he get claimed by the Giants and go to the Jets? Either way. Um You know, by the way, uh, when you hear my interview with Paul Dotino from the Giants, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let everybody listen to it. I asked him specifically, would the Giants be interested in Gabe Davis? And the reason I did that is, A, obviously because they have Brian Dable and Joe Shane there. We all know Gabe Davis was able to do a Brian Dable's offense and put up some numbers, especially in the playoffs. But also because they have... You know some wide receiver questions in new york so i asked him specifically and his answer was very interesting so i want everybody to kind of listen to that from paul Dettino a little bit later all right sal capaccio zach jones here from the nfl scouting combine in indianapolis a little while ago i caught up with cbs sports charles davis who's actually standing up right now and uh heading down to talk to somebody else because he's a busy man on sirius xm it's always great to catch up with charles davis does a lot of bills games on cbs here's Charles I think you're on other platform now. You're doing stuff with Sirius over here. I mean, what's this week been
1: like for you? It's been great. It always is because for me, I'm playing catch-up from the NFL season. You know, I think you're doing somewhat the same. We see things during the year. It's much more osmosis than it is actual diving in. But now the starter's pistol's fired. So I'm doing a lot of diving in. But this is really great because I've read about all these kids. Now I get to see them move, see them work. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be able to compare that to tape as I dive in more.
2: You and I talk every year draft season. I think every year I tell you the Bills need more pass catchers. <laughs> Seems like that's the reason again here that we're here to watch and see what these guys can do. But pass catchers, the Bills, yeah. they, they need
1: to do this. And it lines up with this draft. It certainly does because you can go many, many rounds and get pass catchers. This isn't where it's a top-heavy deal. And if you don't get the top guys, you're, you're done. Monra, same round in Detroit, was a fourth-round guy, right? Puka Nakua, the rookie of the year last year, fifth round. Now, he would have gone higher, but he was hurt all the time at BYU. Stayed remarkably healthy his first year in L.A. and really produced. So pass catchers, they're at a premium only because there may be certain guys you want and say, I've got to have that guy. I wouldn't worry about that too much. There's a lot of them out there, and we'll go rounds one through seven, and people will produce.
2: People always talk about the Bills' window closing with the roster changing over, but, hey, as long as they have 17, 17. I always say it doesn't <laughs> matter. Is that
1: the case? I agree. As long as they have him, because what you're also going to have is the free agent guys who want to play with a quarterback like that, right? You, you have that building and the optimism, and it's just a whole different deal when you have that quarterback that people want to play for. If you don't have a season full of injuries, people are going to play hard. They're going to play well because they know that that quarterback can take them to the promised land. Awfully close again last year, even though they had a lot of bumps during the season. But they were that close in the playoffs. That tells you about this Buffalo franchise.
2: And then real quickly on the AFC East, you've watched the AFC a lot of football there. Are a lot of changes. Obviously, New England, a big yeah.
1: change there. Feels like this year with the Dolphins, it's more about challenges than expectations. It certainly is because now everybody's on. They're on the radar again. They're that team where you go, oh, yeah, the Dolphins, they're a legit item. Playoffs two years in a row. Surprise, the first year under Mike McDaniel. Not a surprise last year. And at one point they were trampling the league. Then people started to adjust, realize what they had to do. But even so, they still were a very good football team. They're going to add some pieces and come back at it. And and we're going to see how it goes. Because if you're in the AFC East now, it's still Buffalo's division as far as I'm concerned. Because they know how to play. They know how to handle a lot of those things. But Miami's right there. New England, we know. That's a full rebuild. And the Jets, you talk about a mystery team. What happens if Rodgers plays the entire year? They Remember, that team won seven last year, and it didn't feel like it. Hey, man, I know you're uh, pressed for time, so thank you so much for this. Thank you for all your time. As always, it's always great. Good to see you.
2: Charles Davis, CBS Sports. He's really uh, grown in his role as well. He was on Fox Sports, CBS Sports. He's at SiriusXM, NFL Radio you know, it sees the league through a, a different prism as well, and it's always good to get a, um, you know, a take or, a, you know, a comment about, you know, where the bills are from someone like that as opposed to the people who are – sometimes we don't see the forest through the trees, right, as fans, as media, you know, on the team that we cover we're so close to. He does, and I love what he said there. As long as they have 17, they're still – Right there, and the window is not going to close. Coverage of the NFL Combine on WGR is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Fast, sustainable weight loss, then free support for life. Awaken180weightloss.com. And by Outlet Liquor, when you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Yeah, good stuff from Charles Davis right there. Talking about the AFC East. What are the Jets? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, it's a This is a team that did win seven games without Aaron Rodgers last year. So if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I do think I, I'm going to leave open the You know, thought of them passing the Dolphins, and I'm not going to go as far as contending with the Bills. I think they have some issues on the O-line they have to figure out. And I just think organizationally, there's a lot of things coming out that they're going to have to basically kind of get over. But I do think that the Jets could be the second best team in the AFC East right now.
3: I mean, you can't discount them because Rodgers is their quarterback. They but they need so much help on that offensive line. I was hearing Nate and Jeremy talk about it this morning too. They they kind of are also giving off this vibe of a team that like they really thought if Rogers stayed healthy they were gonna win the Super Bowl. Yep. And they're just yep. carrying it on to this year and I just like, like Rodgers freaked me out going to the Jets, but they still had issues at the O-line. Their wide receiver room is not that good after Garrett Wilson. Their defense it has regressed a little bit since being a very, very dominant unit. That's typical. That's not out of the ordinary for that to happen. And I'm still unsure how I feel about Robert Saleh as a coach. It felt like at times mm-hmm. last year he wasn't really the coach anymore. He was just the mouthpiece that had to go speak to the media. And that ownership and, and Joe Douglas kind of were taking a more hands-on role there. I like what Douglas has done drafting wise. They've uh, usually their drafts are something I really really like. They usually take players I was a big fan of, but there's still t- there's so many question marks there for me. That just I, I mean, Rogers going to be forty coming off an Achilles injury in which most of the year he was telling fans, "I don't know, guys, like if we go on a playoff run, I'll be right back." And then the the moment they're out of the playoffs, he's like, "Actually, I'm a few months away. Like I was never really going to play this year." So it just it, everything feels so performative from the which is not surprising. It's New York. I get it. But everything is so performative from the Jets that it's just, I cannot get a good read on them. And I don't really think that's how they want it, but that's just how they're acting.
2: Did you see the story of the possible tampering from the Chiefs mm-hmm. with the Jets last year and the Jets looking into it? And in case you didn't see it, what happened was there was an interview that Mecole Hardman did, the wide receiver who was on the Chiefs, traded to the, went to the Jets and traded back to the Chiefs. And he did an interview, I think it was with Ryan Clark of the, the Pivot. And he said during the interview, it was just like, what went wrong with the Jets? And he's going through all these things, and he didn't like the special teams coach. He wanted to return punts, and they had an issue there. And then he said, the quote was that he, i well, just paraphrasing the quote, I can't remember exactly. He reached out to Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes and Mahomes and said, come get me. <laughs> well, then they did trade for him. <laughs> they, they went and, to go get him. Listen, they went and got him he's under contract Mm -hmm. with the new york jets and he's saying publicly on a on an interview that he talked with the chiefs while he's under contract and then the chiefs traded for him so the jets are like hey wait a minute everybody's thinking that's tampering like the didn't the dolphins just get docked a first round pick for tampering with tom brady that happened A couple years ago. Remember that? Oh, yeah. They had that big um, expose on the boat and the meeting, and they got docked a first-round pick. So it's like, hey, wait, that's tampering. And sure enough, Joe Douglas was asked about it when he was at the podium, the Jets' GM yesterday. And he basically said, let's just say that, you know, it's something that we're looking into. So I think this could become a deal at some point with them. On top of the fact, much less that Nicole Hardman is now being kind of sort of accused of leaking offensive game plans to the opponent, specifically the Philadelphia Eagles when they played, which is a whole separate issue.
3: I, I also like that the, the game plans he was potentially leaking, I think Eagles, and I think the Chiefs game was also one of those. Those were maybe like the, the Jets' two best games this year against Kansas City. Zach Wilson <laughs> actually looked like an NFL quarterback, and they beat the Eagles. So he didn't do a great yeah. job at, at leaking plans. Right, But I, I'm fascinated by the tampering thing, because Sal, you know, when I when I read the story, my, my first thought went to I wonder how many teams are texting Justin Jefferson, you know, like last week. Right. When there's like potential of like he may actually get traded. Maybe they don't keep him because, like, I, I guess there's reports that he wants to know what their quarterback situation's like. He wants to know where they're going. And I'm like, you know, maybe Justin Jefferson's not himself texting, you know, certain players, but you know, somebody is texting him going, Would you play here? Are you thinking about it? Would you would you do it? If we trade it for mm-hmm. you, would you do it? I can I can just text the GM right now, like something along those lines. And I'm like, you know that stuff happens, but it's because Hardman decided to go on a national radio show and go, yeah, oh yeah, it was totally right. happening.
2: That everyone I built did. it up. <laughs> he kind of he said the he said the quiet part out loud. Absolutely, right? absolutely. He said, and and that's a no no. Now I will say, I think there is a difference between, you know, during the season reaching out to another team and their head coach and star quarterback and admitting that you had communication with them about joining their team other than the one you're on versus here at the Combine, we're in the off season. there's some contractual issues going on. But I would also say, yeah, Justin Jefferson's a different deal. Like, hey, unless the Vikings give you permission, don't talk to the guy you got guys that are going to be pending free agents. That stuff's happening now. Every mm-hmm. team knows. You have to lay the groundwork. you start to talk to agents. You know, you're not necessarily allowed to specifically negotiate, but those kinds of talks are happening. By the way, it's a good time to kind of reset and tell everybody what the dates are for all of that. So we leave here from the NFL Combine now, and then the next thing on the calendar is the new league year. That starts on March 13th. It's a little bit earlier this year. It's usually the 15th, 16th, around there. It's the 13th because of the way the calendar falls this year. So that's when the new league year starts. So by March 13th, Every team in the league can now be up to 90 players. Only your top 51 salaries count in the salary cap. That's, pr- that's important to remember during the offseason. You have 90 players but only 51 count against the salary cap. But also what happens is starting March 13th, if you have an expiring contract, you are a free agent. March 13th comes around, bam, 4 p.m. on March 13th, you can now sign with another team. But what you also can do is starting on March 11th, your agent can actually negotiate deals with the other clubs. You can't talk player to club, but you could talk agent to club starting on March 11th. So there's a two-day window in there. March 11th, that's when teams are going to start to be able to talk to agents of pending free agents and then March 13th, they're allowed to sign them. So that's what's on the uh, schedule next as far as the NFL calendar. In the meantime, it's the NFL Scouting Combine here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio here in Indianapolis on the Indiana Convention Center floor. It's the NFL Scouting Combine 2024. Zach Jones and our Amherst Studios will take a timeout. We'll come back here. We're still going to hear from... Arthur Moats, former Bills and Steelers linebacker, doing media in Pittsburgh. And Paul Dottino, who covers the Giants for the Giants Radio Network and WFAN. Keep it right here on WGR.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours